0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets.
1: Hello, pet lovers and pet friends and pet parents. This is Michelle Fern, your host on Best Pets for Pets. We're going to have a little different type of show today. I want to talk about something. I think that's one of the best organizations for pets in the United States. And I know we have listeners elsewhere. This is more focused on the U.S., but I think you'll really enjoy it as well. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back. Hey, everyone. Michelle Fern here. I want to tell you about Carlson Pet Products. They are a family-owned, budget-conscious company specializing in creating pet safety products to keep your pet happily protected from the puppy stage through the senior years. Carlson offers a variety of products such as pet pens, folded elevated beds, crates, and pet gates. Their portable pet pens are lightweight and foldable and have a carry bag for storage when you're on the go. I love traveling with my portable pet pen from Carlson. It's made traveling with Nikki so much easier. I've used my portable pet pens at home, again traveling or even when I'm doing a short road trip. They're also ideal to use at home, traveling or simply headed to the park down the street. The portable pet pens come in two sizes, six panel or eight panel and they give your pet ample room to move around. Plus, you can add an attachable canopy to create a shaded outdoor oasis for your pet. Visit CarlsonPetProducts.com to get 25% off your order, plus free shipping using the promo code PETLIFE. Let's Talk Pets on
0: PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to introduce Yolanda Berkowitz. She is a Humane Society of the U.S. board member, and she's also the founder of the Friends of Miami Animal Adoption. Welcome, Yolanda. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to have you. I love the Humane Society. I mean, that's where my last fur babe Zeus came from. So how could I not? But before we get into talking about everything, I just want to ask,
2: how many fur babes do you have? I have four dogs. I have a 14-year-old standard poodle that my husband bought many, many years ago. I have a six-year-old golden doodle that somebody gave us as a gift as a puppy. Don't ever do that even though we love her. Of course, I have a four year old standard poodle that my stepson and his family got and my grandson is allergic. So, so much for hypoallergenic animals. And then I have a seven year old rescue dog from Miami Dade Animal Services. I rescued him after he had been shot by the police three times. So uh, we have a full house for sure. Oh my gosh, wow. It's always interesting to hear, you know, what my guests, what their
1: fur babe crew is like. Okay, let's talk about. There's been a lot going on with shelters where, you know, in September 2020, the pandemic is still going on. Everybody's ready to take the masks off and all of that, but there's still, you know, after effects of I guess the initial 2020
2: pandemic shocks. What is happening in the shelters? So Friends of Miami Animals Foundation, which is a nonprofit that I started in 2016, our focus tends to be primarily on Miami-Dade Animal Services because it is an open admission shelter that takes in 30,000 animals a year. And it's been interesting since March 2020 to see the impacts of COVID. And it started with the animal control, the governing arm of the animal control officers limiting the picking up animals on the street they were only picking up injured or dangerous animals so i think that we had a real increase in animals living on the street and as a result of it a lot of the animals you saw coming into shelters were old sick dog reactive dogs Uh, the population just changed significantly for a long time the population numbers were very low Uh, Miami-Dade and Humane Society and other shelters did a really nice job of getting animals out into foster care. No one knew what the pandemic would look like. We didn't know what it would mean for animal welfare. We didn't know whether there would be complete lockdowns and, you know, shutting up doors. So, you know, they all did a really nice job of getting animals out into foster care, but eventually those animals started to come back. Unfortunately, as you know, COVID-19 is still with the variant is still very much a problematic health issue for many, many people. And so the shelter, especially Miami-Dade, which is where my most significant um, experience is, they're still limiting the number of volunteers at the shelter. They're still limiting the number of adopters that come in on top of that you have the county is not doing fingerprinting which has to happen for all volunteers so there's a real shortage of volunteers for many many reasons there are so many pets at the shelter and you know it's become a real challenge to care for these animals to keep people safe and, and, you know, continually, and I think, you know, you've used this word probably many times through the year, you know, having to continually pivot how you're doing work, you know, how you're doing adoptions. One of the things that we did early on in the pandemic through Friends of Miami Animals Foundation, FOMA, we partnered with Miami-Dade to initiate virtual adoptions on Thursday. So every Thursday beginning last April, so a year and a half almost, We do a Facebook Live at 11 in the morning where the shelter introduces pets for adoption.
1: Okay. Rolanda, I want to ask you something before we um, get into the virtual. So with the pandemic changes, you have two really, I guess, compelling issues. You can't get the volunteers into the shelter to help you. Plus, you can't get the prospective pet parents into the shelter to adopt. Correct. Correct. So there's problems with getting the pets in, and then there's problems with getting the pets out to their forever homes. And then I guess what we're about to talk about, the virtual adoptions
2: are just kind of a somewhat of a solution. Well, it's one way to continue to share with our community that animals still need homes, that even if we're still a little bit on lockdown, even if there's still restrictions, you know, the work of animal welfare doesn't stop and animals don't stop coming into shelters. So, you know, I think everyone has, you know, found ways to work through all of this, but you know, hands are tied, it's limited, you know, without being able to onboard new volunteers and volunteers, as you probably know, are really the lifeblood of a shelter. These are people who do this work for free, who are committed to the animals and they really lead with their heart but the impact on covid and you know the other impact that we've seen a lot of and and you may have heard this already but you know we've seen a lot of families struggling struggling to feed their pets struggling to provide medical care, having to surrender pets because they lost their lease or they lost their job and they're having to move in with family. So we as a foundation have moved from only focusing on shelter pets to also working with at-risk pets. So we provide pet food through a food pantry with United Way of Miami-Dade so that families that are accessing the food pantry and have pets can also get free pet food we're finding ways to kind of fill the gaps where we can and pet retention is so important because keeping pets with families means they're out of shelters right so that's been a really really strong thing one of the things we did which we launched just three months ago and it's been very successful we donated a mobile clinic and the operating budget for one year and the county agreed to fund years two and three to provide free routine vet care for owned pets and we're doing three month stints in neighborhoods where there's a lack of veterinary care. And that we just moved to Florida City and the first day of service there, people were lined up at 7 30 in the morning for services starting at 10 30. So it really tells us, I think we've all seen during the pandemic, since we're talking COVID on the last year and a half, you know, I think we've all seen the value of our fur babies. We've all seen the companionship that they provide. You know, they get us out for walks, they get us interacting with other people. So I think the value of pets has been elevated even more than than perhaps before. And that's a real plus, I think. We
1: talked a little bit about people being able to afford their pets and take care of them correctly. Do you think that's the reason some of the pets were adopted and then brought back to shelters?
2: I don't think that there is a trend for pets being returned to shelters. I don't think that's the trend we're seeing. I think if we're seeing more pets come into shelter, I think it's the result of economic hardship, you know, families really struggling, uh, you know, to feed their families, or again, you know, they're living with relatives, or they had to move out of their place. So I don't think it's been as much of an issue with people adopting an animal and then saying, Oh my God, what did I do? I'm taking this animal back. I think we're just really seeing a lot of the hardships kind of playing out in that way. And, you know, one of the things that we hope by providing, you know, the WAMobile, the wellness clinic, one of the things we hope is that by providing routine vet care for pets, owned pets, problems that may arise later can be addressed earlier. You know, dental disease, heartworm, benign masses. And, you know, we really see the value p- people place on their animals. I mean, they're lining up to get vet care. Exactly. And I just
1: want to mention, you know, even though we're talking about Miami Dade, which is a large city, I've, Heard and read about, you know, mobile clinics and these kind of things happening in other places, Los Angeles, New York, I think the Chicago area, so and even smaller towns. So even though we're talking about, you know, one little corner of the US, this is happening in a lot of other places. So every, you know, it's not just that we're just doing it in, you know, Southeast Florida. I wanna also ask you. About your virtual adoptions, what are those like?
2: So those take place on Thursday morning from eleven to eleven thirty on Miami Dade's Facebook page. It's also on our Facebook page, but it takes place on Miami Dade. And what we have is we have two adoption counselors introducing pets for adoption. Dogs are typically done at the shelter. Uh, So they introduce adoptable pets to people and they talk about the personality of the pet and how long the pet's been there and anything that they know about the animal. And then the other one, when they do the cats, they have a partner, the Cats Meow Cafe in North Miami, which takes a lot of senior cats, special needs cats, kittens from the shelter. And so they broadcast from there, but it's been a really good way to continue to share the need for homes for dogs and cats to keep the shelter and the needs of the shelter at the forefront and to connect adopters with fur babies that, you know, need forever homes. You know, I didn't ever think when we started this, I didn't think we'd be going still a year and a half later, but it's turned out to be a really good model. So I'm very proud of the fact that we started it here and that, you know, it's still going strong.
1: Sounds like you're doing wonderful work. We're gonna take a short break and we'll be right back.
0: How many of you have pets? Hey everyone, Michelle Fern here, your
1: host on Best Bets for Pets and Catitude. Ben and Jerry's has frozen treats for dogs. I know Nikki is going to love this. He loves a frozen treat. They have two different flavors. One is Punch's Mix, which is peanut butter and pretzel, and the other one is Rosie's Batch, which is pumpkin and mini cookies. You know, I kind of like both of those flavors too, but my absolute favorite is fish food. Anything Ben & Jerry's is always fabulous because the quality is so good and their mixes are so delicious. Be sure to check out more about these frozen dog desserts as well as pictures of all the caniners at the Ben & Jerry's Vermont office at BenJerry.com. That's B-E-N-J-E-R-R-Y.com.
0: Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. 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 PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Yolanda Berkowitz, and we're talking about all of the wonderful things the Humane Society and The Friends of Miami Animal Foundation is doing, you know, while this pandemic's still going on and so forth. You know what I want to talk about, Yolanda? A lot of people don't know all of the things about the Humane Society that, you know, I've learned over the years. I mean, a lot of, you know, just people have misconceptions and, you know, just so many misconceptions. There's great vet services at low cost. There's products you can buy for your pets, you know, things like bowls. And if you're going to cage train, they have cages that are what large enough for your for your dog. They have beds, all kinds of things. And the sales of these items go to support the shelter. What is it like to go to the shelter during normal times or you know maybe the new normal or hopefully soon normal times to get your pet. I've done it before, but I know things change and this was 15 years ago. So what is that experience like? Because eventually we'll have more normal times.
2: Yes, yes. Well it, again it may be different for the Humane Society of Greater Miami, which is the one you know by us in Dade County. It may be different for the humane societies because they have the ability to close their doors you know they have the ability to be closed miami-dade animal services as a county agency can't close they don't close although they do have reduced hours so i think that for humane society and and for all the shelters really i think the way that they do adoptions has changed You know, they only let so many people in the building, or they ask people to, if they can identify pets that they want to meet, so they can set up which pets to meet, where before they could just walk freely through the shelter. So it's put a little bit of a cramp in the way that they do adoptions, the number of people that come into the shelter, how people get to meet and greet pets. But everybody is really doing a nice job, I think, of finding ways to continue to advocate for animals, to get get them out into forever homes and to let the public be a part of the work that they're doing. So, you know, it's been a lot of a lot of change and a lot of modifications, but they've done a nice job of it so far.
1: Once things get a little more back to normal, what are some of the procedures? You know, I know that some shelters don't adopt or allow black cats for adoption near Halloween. And some people, you know, won't allow some, you know, people to adopt if they're a certain age, because the pet might be just given up after a few years or so forth. So what, in a kind of a simplified process, because it, it like you said, it varies and everything, but we're talking like normal times, what would be the process for people that maybe have never thought, you know, oh, I should go to the main Society, because there's so many shelters out there, but there's, a lot the Humane Society does. And so, and I'm a big proponent of adopt don't shop.
2: So maybe can you walk us through that? Yeah, I think that, you know, there's a few ways to find pets. You know, there are online sites, you know, pet finder, adopt a pet, pet harbor, you can go on if you're looking for a specific size animal or a specific breed of animal. You can go in and put your preferences in and then you can go check. But sometimes that's a nice way. If you're you you're know, if you're thinking about adopting, sometimes it's a nice thing to do to take a look at your Humane Society website and look at the pets that they have for adoption. And that gives you a little bit of an idea. You still are able to go to the shelter. You're still able to walk through and look at pets, but the numbers may be reduced. But, you know, I think it's really important. You know, we're talking about adopt, don't shop. I think it's really important that when people are thinking about adopting, that they think about their lifestyle, they think about what kind of animal would fit into their lifestyle and what type of animal they're able to give a home to. There are people that love to adopt senior pets. You know, they're generally, you already know their personality. They're much calmer. You don't have the potty train. You don't have a puppy eating up your shoes. So I think it's really important though that people know what they're getting into if they're adopting a young dog if they're adopting a puppy if they're adopting a super energetic dog that they have to take the dog out for exercise you know we really everyone who adopts animals really wants the best match possible and i think that the humane society does a nice job of matching people with pets which is always you know the first step in making sure that the adoption is a success making sure that the pet and the people are well suited to each other
1: is there generally a waiting period from the time you say, I want to adopt, you know, this dog we're meant to be and you fill out the application and then what, do you get to take home your new fur babe or do you have to wait?
2: miami Day because it's an open admission shelter, you do the adoption right then and there and you take your animal. They don't have the ability to take applications and work through them. Essentially, you can adopt any animal when you walk in the door. Humane Society does have an application process. And and I think that they may even be doing it online these days. I'm not sure if they've adapted to change the way that they're doing it, but most of the shelters, and so there's Humane Society of Greater Miami, there are other shelters as well, and most of them have adoption applications that you fill out. And, and sometimes I think that's helpful because it helps them match pets to people. I think that the hours may be limited, you know, in many of these places, but I know that Humane Society and the other shelters, you know, they all ask you to, you know, check the, the profiles for the animals on their, on their websites. Adoption counselors then call you to discuss the application and the animal that they want to adopt. And then they make an appointment to come to the shelter. And I think Humane Society of Greater Miami is still asking you to text when you arrive, and then they contact you. So it's, it's been restrictive, it continues to be restrictive, but everyone is finding ways to still serve the community, I think. Which is wonderful. So good. You mentioned this when you were telling me about your dogs.
1: And since, you know, September, the holidays are going to be here in like five minutes. And we and and I don't think this can be communicated enough because I know I've talked about this before on Best Bets for Pets, but still, why should you not give a puppy as a gift?
2: You know, I have a dog that was given to us as a gift and we love her and she's a wonderful dog. But I have to tell you, when we got her as a gift, we had just lost a 14-year-old dog and we had a dog at the time that was maybe 10 or so, 11. And my husband and I had just said, you know, it's kind of nice having just one dog because we've always had three, usually. We were just saying how nice it was not to have three dogs running around and have to wrangle them. You know, taking a pet is, is a real commitment to a living, breathing, sentient being. It's not to be taken lightly. It's an animal that needs to be walked and fed and taken to the vet. You know, it's not that it's extraordinarily expensive, but there is a financial commitment. So unfortunately at the holidays, I'm sure you've seen it in all of your advocacy and all of your work. Unfortunately, people think, oh, it's great. Let's buy a puppy for our kids for Christmas. Not realizing how much work a puppy is, not realizing the time commitment that it takes. And, and often, you know, you'll see... In January and February, you'll see these animals coming into shelters, even purebred dogs that are bought from breeders, even purebred dogs that are bought in other places. So really, it's a very personal decision to take an animal into a family. And it has to be done with consideration and understanding that if you're taking a young dog into your life, you're going to have that animal for 10 or 15 years. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, well, well
1: said. And I totally agree with you. I mean, I lost my, I lost Mr. Z, also known as Zeus, um, who was adopted from the Humane Society in, uh, um, on Griffin, which is in Fort Lauderdale, about a year ago. And last time I lost one, I I rushed to the shelter and um, that's when I got Zeus. But this time I thought, let me just wait because I know my lifestyle is changing. I want to travel more and that's not fair to to do to a puppy. So you're right, you know, just because someone lost a pet doesn't mean they want to fill it with the, you know, another pet right away. Some For some it's emotional, for some it's lifestyle change, for some it's just, you know, I have these other pets, I'm okay. Just exactly what you said. A better thing, wait till the person gets their pet, buy them some gifts, treats, toys, whatever, or a gift card to one of the pet places. But uh, yeah, totally agree with you. And that's done so often, so much. And the other thing is what you said when, uh, you know, people don't take into, you know, committing. My dog was, Zeus was actually, I found out, you know, because, you know, you get the backstory. He was returned to the shelter. He was like an angel boy. He was, if anything, a little timid. And he was a 40-pound flat-hair retriever, border collie mutt. So not a little dog, but when I got him, he was only three months I thought, why would someone get this dog and return him? I mean, that's crazy. But as you said, it happens all the time. So I really hope these messages get out to people and makes people, some people, you know, think this isn't the right thing to do. Let me do something else.
2: You know, one one of the nice things, I think, if you're considering adopting is fostering an animal. It's a really nice way to take an animal out of the shelter, which helps that animal learn to live in a home, learn leash skills, learn to be the best dog or cat that they can be in a family. And then you're making room for another one at the shelter. It gives you an opportunity to experience pet ownership, to help pets who need to be socialized and need to be around people and would benefit from the experience. And then it makes it easier to decide, you know, are you willing to do this long-term? Is this something you really want to do? But fostering is just a great way to kind of dip your toe into the adoption arena. That is such a great idea. And I know we didn't talk
1: about this too much, but many local humane societies offer a wealth of veterinary services. I know that there is one near me that does some TNRs for cats because there's so many cats born during kitty season that are just, they're fed, but they're not taken in to be spayed or neutered. So Yolanda, I know that you're familiar with more for Miami and the um, Friends of Miami Foundation, but do most humane societies offer these vet services? And I think it's great, by the way, what you're doing with
2: the mobile vet service. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think that the model that most humane societies use is they're providing services to the community. So free spay neuter or low cost spay neuter, I think the free spay neuters are for income qualified, they offer low cost vaccines and other preventative care, they provide TNR trap, neuter and return services. So the trappers who are out catching these community cats to stop the breeding on the streets, they often have grooming salons or grooming services as As you mentioned earlier, they have boutiques where you can buy supplies for your pet. And, you know, and this is a way to provide services to the community as well as to generate income for the work that they're doing. Miami-Dade Animal Services also offers low cost or free sterilization surgeries and vaccines. They have a community clinic. So, you know, it's a nice model. I think it's a model that, you know, helps pet parents provide for their animals in a more cost effective way. And it helps them to support the work that they're doing. And they do great work. Where can people listening, find out more? Uh, Well, you can find out more i mean humane society miami.org is humane society of greater miami's website friends of miami animals foundation is fomapets.org f-o-m-a-p-e-t-s.org you can learn about the work we're doing you can log into miami date animal services website and check out the services they provide and the animals that they have you know and, and i have to tell you it's remarkable how much information is available on social media. It's a really, really nice thing, I think, to have so much content and so much information available. But the web is always a great place to start. Absolutely. Thank you so much for
1: taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on Best Bets for Pets and tell us all about the services at the Miami-Dade Humane Society and
2: the Friends of Miami Animal Foundation. Thank you. Thank you for the great work you do and for always putting this at the forefront for our community. It's really nice. I appreciate being on. Thank you so much. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this edition of Best Bets
1: for Pets. It's a little different, but please keep your local humane society in mind. The next time you want to buy something for your pet or a pet gift, most of them have a little boutique where they sell a whole lot of things and the money goes back to the shelter to support all of the animals that they have and all their services. I'd like to thank my guest, Yolanda Berkowitz, for coming on Best Bets for Pets. Thanks. To my uh, quote adopt own shop crew, because all of my crew were uh, adopted or rescued. And that's Nikki, Charlotte, Molly, Dennis, Sammy, and Jethro. And thanks to my producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guests sound amazing. And thanks to all of you for listening to Best Bets for Pets. We always have such great products, such great info. So keep listening. You never know what's going to be coming up.
0: Let's Talk Pets. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.